Welcome to Light Church. We're so glad you could join us for this weekly message. We hope this message leaves you feeling inspired and equipped to be all that you were made to be. you to our virtual gathering. It is so good that we can join like this. If this is your first time, we want to welcome you. We want to say that you are at home. You are amongst family. And whether you heard about us through our community care response or whether you are regular, you've been coming to Light Church for a long time. Either way, it is so good that we can gather like this. I'm so excited that we can continue in this time to commit every Sunday to gathering. So I want to encourage you to get busy on the comments uh, there's going to be some people responding and you can ask some questions. You can chuck a little bit of an amen in there or whatever it is. Uh, but we want to encourage you to uh, really participate in this. And uh, like I said last week, whether you're watching from your sofa, whether you're watching from your bed, on your phone, on a TV, on a laptop, it's just so good that we can gather like this. This morning, I want us to have a conversation about the idea that there is purpose in your prison. If you turn with me this morning to Acts 16, verse 25 to 30, and we're going to read about two guys, Paul and Silas, and um, they find themselves in a prison. So Acts 16, 25 to 30, it says, About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up and when he saw that the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself, we are all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in, fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked them, sirs, what must I do to be saved? This morning, I want to jump into this passage, but if you'd pray with me real quick, and we'll get going. Father God, I want to thank you for this amazing opportunity this morning, that we can gather like this. All across this place, we might be in different countries, we might be in different cities or towns, but God, I thank you that we are one in you. God, I pray that this message wouldn't just be knowledge, it wouldn't just be something encouraging to lift our spirits or whatever, but it'd be something that reveals who you are, reveals who you are to us, especially in a time like this. So God, I pray that we would leave more full of hope than when we started, more full of peace, more full of joy, more full of you. God, we thank you that you are alive and that you are working today. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, I don't know about you, but in these times of self-isolation and confinement, I, I don't know how you're finding it, but uh, me and Holly, we, we found it one of the strangest experiences ever. Like being stuck inside of our house, we've just watched a lot of films. And um, it, it's funny, we noticed that we go through these crazy rhythms of like, you know, one minute we're like ecstatic and we're a little bit hyper and we're maybe doing some stupid dances around our living room or making stupid videos or whatever it is. And then next minute we're having an argument and we're like really sick of each other and we're at each other. And then next minute we're having this proper beautiful moment when we're eating together or we're just going sick each other like, oh, you need to do the puzzle. This is getting crazy. And then obviously all this community care response and these gatherings are a lot of stuff in our house, and it's just been a crazy time. And actually, we were talking the other day, and we were just saying, like, we've not spent this much time in our house ever. 
I don't know if you can relate. Maybe you've just found yourself stuck somewhere. In fact, you might be a key worker. You might be still continuing to do your job. You might be in the NHS or something. And actually, what you are doing actually feels like you're quite trapped. Either way, I wonder if you can relate to this idea of feeling trapped, like feeling like a prisoner. You know, I've heard it said quite a bit that people feel like a prisoner in their own home, like we're on house arrest or something. And uh, I think it's really interesting that in life we find ourselves in these times or in these seasons where we feel really trapped, where we feel like we have nowhere to go or we feel like just stuff isn't moving. I guess in a very physical way, if you're stuck in your house, you are trapped. You are in a prison in your own home. And you know, this is exactly where Paul and Silas find themselves. They're actually in prison. A little bit of the, the context here, Paul and Silas, Paul is an apostle, and uh, he goes around and he's preaching about Jesus, and loads of people are hearing the message of Jesus, the hope of Jesus, the peace of Jesus, and it's beginning to follow. And uh, Paul begins to stir up this idea of Christianity, and, and he gains a big following. And he, he goes into Philippi, and the, the, the local people begin to notice that things are changing and there's a bit of a rabble and, and he's preaching Christianity and things are starting to change and what they do is they publicly beat him and they whip him and they take him close to death and then they throw him into the inner cell of the prison. So this is like the, the very middle bit. It's damp, it's wet, it's dark. It's just, he, they'd just be stuck in this horrible place and they've just been beaten and then they're all chained up and they're stuck in the middle of this prison. And then we pick up in this passage that we just read out a few minutes ago, that it says Paul and Silas were praying and they were singing hymns to God and the other prisoners were listening to them. And then what happened is as they were praying, as they were singing, a violent earthquake shook and all the doors of the prison just swung open. Now, you might not be able to relate on such a dramatic level. You might not be stuck inside an inner cell that's damp, dark, and you're, you're stuck in chains. But sometimes life can feel like that, where we just feel stuck, where we just feel like things aren't so good. Well, can I maybe suggest to you that this morning that there is purpose in the prison. There is purpose in the place that you are in. Sometimes we just need to reframe these type of things because when we realize, oh, there could be purpose in this season. There could be purpose in this time. We just need to learn how to see it, learn how to find it. I've got a couple of thoughts for us this morning. If you're taking notes, uh, the first thought I have for us is your prison can be for praise. Your prison can be for praise. In this story of Paul and Silas, in verse 25, it says, About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Now, let's hold up a second. Like, they are in a bad place. They are in a bad state. Like they've been beaten, they, they'd be bruised, they'd be bleeding. They, they're just not in a good way. And they're in chains and they're sat in this dark, dingy cell. And they begin to sing, they begin to worship God, they begin to pray. You know, I wonder in your life, when things get a little bit crazy, when you might feel like things just aren't moving, like you're trapped, like you're stuck, often we can turn and resent God, like, how did you let me get into this position? Or, uh, God, why would you let this happen to me? But, see, Paul and Silas knew that the only thing that would bring them any sort of purpose, any form of peace, any sort of fulfillment in this terrible situation was God. 
Now, you need to remember here that when we're in this time with this COVID-19 and things are upside down, it's so easy to be like, God, why did you let this happen? How, how could this even be? Like, there's so, much, there's so much brokenness, there's so much going wrong. And then actually, we need to remember that we live in a broken, broken, fallen world. And actually, God is the only thing, the only person that can bring you peace in the midst of that brokenness. The only person that can bring you any form of joy in pain. Paul and Silas knew this. When they were stuck in this position, they didn't resent God. They didn't run away from him. In fact, they knew that the only thing that would get them through it was God. Let me read you this, Psalm 69, 29 to 30. This is David writing in the Bible. And he says this, But as for me, afflicted and in pain, may your salvation, God, protect me. I will praise God's name in song and glorify him with thanksgiving. You see, if you want to learn to shift perspective, if you want to learn, like, oh, you say there's purpose in this, if you want to learn to find the purpose in your prison, it's going to start with thanksgiving. It's going to start with us saying, God, I thank you that you are good, even when everything around me isn't good. God, I want to declare that your salvation is the only thing that brings me wholeness, even in a very, very broken situation, in a broken, twisted world. Paul and Silas knew that the only way to reframe their, their perspective, to reframe what they were going through, was to be thankful to God for who he is. I wonder in your life right now, do we need to reframe what we're going through? Do we need to maybe say, God, I want to thank you that you are good. God, I want to thank you that you are merciful. God, I want to thank you that you love me. If we begin, like David said, to glorify him with thanksgiving, we'll start to see things change. Maybe not in the stuff around us, but in us. I've said this time and time again, that God doesn't want to change, just change your situation. He wants to change something far greater. He wants to change you in your situation. There is purpose in your prison. Your prison can be for praise. My second thought for us this morning is your prison can be for people. This is really interesting. I want you to lean in and take hold of this this morning. Your prison can be for people. Back to verse 25 again. It says, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. I think this is crazy. Like, let's paint the picture again. Paul and Silas are stuck in this inner cell. It is a horrible position to be in. And there's other prisoners in other cells. And it says, about midnight, Paul and Silas are praying and singing hymns to God. Now, hold up for a second. I don't know whether this would be annoying, confusing, uh, uplifting. I don't know. But if I was sat in a, in a jail cell next to him and I hear these like crazy guys like singing and thanking God and knowing like what had happened to them, I'd be a little bit confused. But it says that other prisoners were listening to them. This is just the same in your life. You know, as we are stuck in social isolation, as we are uh, confining ourselves to our homes, or like I said, whether you are one of the, the workers that is going out and still uh, maybe working, uh, you might feel just caught in this routine where everything's a little bit strange. You might, you might not be able to do the hobbies that you once did. You might not be able to go to the gym or go hang out with friends, and you just feel stuck in this really weird place. Let me challenge you this morning that people are watching 
if you ever made a, a claim about a diet or a, a workout routine or something about your car or, or something that you've bought and you, and you say, oh yeah, this is the best diet going. Most, or more often than not, people won't judge the diet by just what you tell them. They'll more watch and see how it begins to change you, how it begins to work out in your life. And then they'll judge it. If it's a good diet, it'll have done what it says it was going to do. If it was a bad diet, it doesn't. The same is... It's just the same in our lives for you and me. That when we claim to say God gives us hope when we are facing despair, or God brings us joy when we're experiencing pain, or God can give us purpose in when everything's upside down, yeah, all good. People can look at that and say, okay. But people are watching you. People are going to watch your life to see how do they deal with this. How are they dealing with it when everything seems to be ripped away from them? What? What is their response to this? Like the other prisoners were listening to Paul and Silas worship and pray. What is your life saying to people? If you're, if you're a Christian, if you're a follower of Jesus this morning, let me say this to you. Your life may be the only Bible that people ever read. Is it pointing them to Jesus? Is it showing them a greater life? Is it showing them a greater hope, a greater peace? Because people are watching. Listen to this in Philippians 2, 14 to 15. It says this, do everything without grumbling or arguing. I mean, we could stop right there. I mean, I'm done. Like I grumble and argue all the time. So, I mean, this one hit me. I was like, oh, okay. So listen to this, Philippians 2, 14 to 15. Do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Listen to what it says. Then you will shine among them like stars. People are watching your life right now. I wonder what are they seeing? Are you the type of person that actually you know that there is hope, that you know God is going to bring us through this, and you're living in a way that is still selfless? Paul and Silas, they were just worshiping, they were praising, they weren't afraid that people were watching them. See, your prison can be for others. See, what's interesting about this point is, still listen to this, in verse 30, the jailer, he sees after the earthquake, all the doors have been swung open. And he sees like, oh, oh no, and in, the, in that time, if, if, prisoners were, if prisoners escaped, it wasn't the fault of the, the jail, it wasn't the fault of anyone else other than the jailer. So the jailer pulls out his sword ready to kill himself because he knew what he would, how he would be able to kill himself was far kinder than the way the Romans would do it to him. And just before he does it, Paul calls out from his cell and says, hey, hey, don't do it, don't do it. We're, we're all here. Paul and Silas sat in a prison with the doors open. They sat in the prison with the doors open and they called out to the jailer. See, I wonder, are you a person that might keep ourselves in, in a place of discomfort for the sake of other people? Out of selflessness. See, Paul and Silas could have run. They could have gone. This could have been their moment. But actually, they decided that this man's life was more important to them than their freedom. This spoke so much to the jailer, so much so that in verse 30, he says, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Paul and Silas' demonstration caused such an impact in this man's life. Sirs, what must I do to be saved? I don't know about you, but this is such a powerful thought for us as a church. 
people are watching, the way that we are responding to the need of our community, the way we are loving our neighbors, the way we are posting on social media, the way we are texting our families, texting our friends, I wonder what is your life saying? There is purpose in your prison. We just need to learn to see it. Another thought when it comes to your prison can be for people is that if we just zip back into this passage a second, it said, listen to this. Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains became loose. You see, Paul and Silas worshipped and prayed in a dire circumstance. But guess what? When they received the breakthrough, when they received uh, the thing that they needed, when they received freedom, it wasn't just for them. Everyone's doors flung open and everyone's chains fell off. You see, when you pray, when you worship, when you reframe this season that we're in, this time that we are in, actually the breakthrough that you experience in your life might be a breakthrough for people around you, maybe in your family, maybe the people that are seeing your social media, maybe the people that if you are still working, that you are working with. Your breakthrough isn't just for you. And when you pray and when you worship, you're not just doing it for you. You're doing it for those around you, those in your world. I want to encourage you, there is purpose in your prison. I, I just... As I was planning this, I just suddenly thought that actually when we find ourselves in a time like this and the government is doing everything they can to fight this virus and, and the best thing we can do is follow that advice and follow that guidance. And, and so often we want to talk and we do talk about how God wants to change us. But you know what? We need to believe that God can make a way where there is no way. We sung it just earlier. He is the way maker. In places that just seem unlikely, he makes a way. I want to encourage you to pray. I want to encourage you to worship. Let's really just pray some bold prayers that God, through his mighty power, that we would see the end of this virus. Because we believe he can do it. Because listen, in, for Paul and Cyrus, Silas, God came through. But something interesting about this, it said at the beginning of this passage, don't know whether you caught it, it said about midnight. You know, it always confused me. What is it about God? That just allows us to sit in things for so long. Like they were in there for hours. Why didn't God just straight away do what he needed to do? But no, it was about midnight when night was at his darkest, when things seemed most isolated, things seemed most lonely. God came through about midnight. I don't know in your life right now whether things just feel a little bit like midnight where life just feels dark, it feels heavy, it just like you're just on your own in the middle of this crazy situation. And you're like, God, how could you let me get to this place? How could, how could I be here? You know, often God allows us to sit in things because he wants to do something far bigger than we know. He wants to work on things in us. He wants to birth dreams inside of us. And sometimes he's got to get us to a place where we are only reliant on him. Like I said, I don't believe God caused this virus, but I 100% believe that he is going to use it. Listen to this. In Romans 8, 28, it says, And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. 
You see, there's things out to cause us harm. But we serve a God who wants to turn those things into things for our good. Listen to this, Genesis 50, 20. It says, As for you, what you intended against me for evil, God intended for good in order to accomplish a day like this to preserve the lives of many people. Don't underestimate your prison. Don't underestimate this time. You know, I really believe that in this time, some dreams are going to be birthed. Some businesses are going to be started. Some life-changing decisions are going to be made in this time. Don't underestimate what God can do when he has you in front of him. Don't underestimate the beauty that God can bring out of this brokenness. Because that is the God that we serve. Not a God of just enough. Not a God that might just sort it. But a God that wants to do way over and above everything that we can ask and imagine. That's the God that we serve. That's the God that I wanted to share with you this morning. I want to read a passage from Isaiah 58, verses 9 to 12. I want to read it in the message version. And if this doesn't bring you some hope, I don't know what will. Listen to this. This is just the nature of our God. This is just who he is. So this is God speaking to Israel many, many, many years ago. And it's written to a specific people at a specific time. But you know what? This tells us about who our God is. And these words still ring true for me and you today. Listen to this. If you get rid of unfair practices, quit blaming victims, quit gossiping about each other's sins. If you are generous with the hungry and start giving yourselves to the down and out, your lives will begin to glow in the darkness. Your shadowed lives will be bathed in sunlight. I will always show you where to go. I'll give you a full life in the emptiest of places, firm muscles, strong bones. You'll be like a well-watered garden, a gurgling spring that never runs dry. Listen to this. This is what he says. You'll use the old rubble of past lives to build anew. Rebuild the foundations out of your past. You'll be known as those who can fix anything, restore old ruins, rebuild and renovate, make the community livable again. This is what God said to Israel, and this is what God says to me and you today. We'll be known as those who can fix anything. People are watching our lives right now. And you know what? When people see it, how, how do they have a full life in these crazy times, in emptiest of places? Why do they have purpose? Why do they have significance? Why do they have peace? Why do they have joy? They, they shouldn't feel like this. This is what our God wants to do. We talked about this last week. The paradox of Christianity is power amidst weakness. That is what God wants to give you and me right now in this time. Listen to this voice. I'll read it again. I'll give you a full life in the emptiest of places. He says you'll use the old rubble of past lives to build a new. You know, in faith this morning, I want to say some things have been stripped from us. Maybe you're facing unemployment. Maybe your job has been stripped from you. Maybe life has just seemed to crumble down around your ankles and you just think like, oh, what am I going to do? How, how am I going to fix this? How am I going to get out of this situation? Well, you know what? If you follow God, if you really follow his ways, if you just get to know him, get in relationship with God, this is the God that says, I'll give you a full life in the emptiest of places. But what else does he say? You'll use the rubble of past lives to build anew. He wants to take all the brokenness and he wants to do something beautiful with it. He wants to take your life. He wants to take your brokenness. And he wants to make something beautiful out of it. I don't know about you, but that's a God that I want to follow. A God that loves us so much, so much so, 
that he sent his son down to, to be born a human, to live a human life, to die a horrible, horrible death, to lie in a tomb for three days and walk out of there three days later and ascend back into heaven. That is the gospel. That is the good news of Jesus. And he did that because he wants to make broken things whole again. He wants to make blind eyes to see again. He wants to make you who are just filled with pain and sadness and guilt. And he wants to fill you with freedom and with peace and with purpose and with wholeness. That's the God that I want to introduce you to today. Hey, wherever you're watching, however you, you got onto this stream today, however you've heard this message, can I just say there is hope. There is hope for this situation, for this virus, for this time. And we will get through this. We will get through this time. God is with us. He will never leave us. And he wants to bring purpose in the midst of these prisons that we live in. Hey, this morning, I, I want to encourage you. Maybe you're sat there and you're thinking, you know what? I've just, I've just missed the ball. I've just missed the mark on this one. I, I've been looking at this whole time wrong. I've been thinking that this is the worst thing ever. And how am I ever going to get life back on the road? How am I ever going to sort things out again? I just feel so trapped. Maybe you've just lost perspective. This message is a response for all of us. Whether you've heard this message a thousand times or whether this is your first time. I, I just want to encourage you this morning to say to God, help me reframe this pain. Help me reframe this prison. Help me see the purpose in it. Help me to praise, to be thankful, to be grateful in this time. And help me to reach others. I want to encourage you to respond in that way. But also maybe you've listened to this message and you think, you know what? I've never met this Jesus that you talk about, the one who offers peace in the midst of storms, that offers purpose in the midst of craziness. I want to encourage you this morning to take that step. I want to introduce him to you. This is the God who wants to give you a full life in the emptiest of places. He wants to do it with you right now. All you have to do is say, Jesus, I give you my life. Jesus, I give you my life. And today could be a day that changes your life forever. Jesus, I give you my life. Lord God, I want to thank you for this time that we've had this morning. I want to thank you that you are so present, that you are here in our brokenness, here in our pain. Lord, I, I just want to thank you that you want to bring purpose in these times of craziness and when things are all upside down, when we just don't understand. God, I thank you that you want to be so present in those times. God, I want to pray for every person that just needs to reframe that perspective today. God, I pray that they would just have a gratitude, a, a thankfulness rise up in them. They begin to praise you and, and speak with you in a way that they never have done before. God, I pray that this would be a profound change in our lives. And God, I want to thank you for every single person that just said, Jesus, I give you my life. Lord God, I pray that you make yourself so real to them right now. Holy Spirit, come and flood every single part of their life. Come and just light them up with, with your warmth, with your love, with your peace. 
God, I thank you this is a day that will change their life forever. We love you, God. We thank you for these times. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, it's been such a good morning already, and uh, I just want to thank every single person that's been involved in, in happen, uh, making these happen, and, and for all of our volunteers and our community care response, it's just so incredible to, to watch what is happening, and, and on the pre-roll before this service, you might have noticed that there was a couple new things uh, that I really want to emphasize that we want to pray for you, we want to stand with you in prayer. So if you have any prayer requests, uh, please can you email us at prayer at light.church. We want to stand with you, we want to help you. Uh, we just want to submit all those um, to our team and we can be praying for you. Also, if you want to sign up to our community care response, maybe to do some phone calls, maybe to do some shopping or whatever it is, uh, we just need some more volunteers. And it has been such an incredible response. Just a little update on this. Uh, we have been working with Fowl Council. And uh, if someone lives in St. Anne's or in a part of Blackpool or in Lytham, they'll be referred to someone else. But anywhere else in the Fylde, they get referred to us. God is opening some incredible doors. And if you're listening to this right now and you think, I need help, so I need someone to do my shopping, or what am I going to do? Uh, there's a number that's going to be popping up on the screen and um, an email address as well. If you need help, please don't hesitate to call in. We want to help you. Um, but we, we're just so honored as a church that we've been able to step up in this time and meet this need. And uh, we're, we're thankful. And this is, this is the church. These gatherings we're doing are important, but this is only 50%. The rest of it, we are the hands and feet of Jesus in our communities. And uh, we can't get caught up in just the little bits that we're doing. We just want to reach people. We want to help people. And um, I don't know whether you find yourself in need, but we really do want to help. And finally, there was an advert for a midweek, but online. Uh, this is, this is uh, going to be exciting, actually. We're going to be getting some of the leaders and uh, various people to just run a meeting, maybe once a week, maybe once every two weeks. Uh, we haven't decided yet. And, but this is going to be like a, a Bible study or a topic like how to work from home in the best and most productive fashion or, or whatever it is. Uh, but we just want to encourage you to link in with those. You can follow us on social media and uh, all that sort of stuff. But thank you very much for joining us. It has been uh, such a privilege to have you with us. And uh, we continue to pray for you. We continue to pray for your safety and for your protection, uh, for you and for your family. And uh, from all of us at Light Church and, uh, and all of us as a church family, we just want to thank every single person for everything that you've been doing in this time. And uh, like I said, there is still hope. God is not done with us yet. God wants to bring us through this, and we will get through this. But I want to thank you for listening. Uh, we hope you have a good day, and uh, we'll see you at some point. You've been listening to a weekly message from Light Church. If you would like any more information, you can find us online or on social media. Thanks for listening.